1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. And our message tonight is Girls Got a Game Face. So how many of you have ever had to put the game face on? You ever had to put the game face on? I think uh, we've all had those, those moments we've had to put the game face on. And so, you know, with the things that we have seen happening in the world around us coming through 2020 and the craziness out there and, uh, you know, it just seems like things change from day to day, week to week, month to month. And, you know, if we, if we focus too much on what's happening in the world, it can be quite alarming, quite distressing, quite uh, aggravating. And so I've come to the place uh, for myself that I can't focus too much on that. I've got to really keep my focus on God and his word. I've got to encourage myself in the Lord. I have to have the word of God, you know, in my heart and in my mouth and coming up out of my mouth and not, you know, what the world's saying or what I see happening out there. And so that's what we're going to be talking about tonight, how to do that and how to maintain the victory and how to maintain the joy of the Lord that's our strength so that we can uh, be victorious in everything we tackle uh, in our lives, but then also so that we can be a blessing and encouragement to others because we've got the word that saves. If you know the Lord, you've got the word that saves. Say, I've got the word that saves. The word that saves. So uh, in our notes, um, it's, we're going to be dealing with three different passages because uh, they'll encourage us, but they'll also uh, sober us up and uh, give us some stamina for uh, running this race of life. You know, we're, we're right now, I think, no one would dispute this, that we are right now living in the days that God has warned us about in his word. We're living in those days, and we are seeing warnings from heaven. So we must prepare ourselves to live each and every day running this race of life and running the race in such a way as to win the prize. That's what the Apostle Paul wrote. So girls, we got to get our game face on. And we've got to run the race to win. To win for God, win for our families, and win for ourselves. This is not the time to be fooling around, you know, backsliding, getting off course. This is the time to buckle in and get on that straight and narrow path and walk it with God and look to him as our protector and our provider and as the lover of our souls. You know, every, every answer we need, we're going to find in the word of God. Every answer. And I love how the Bible calls him the lover of our souls. So we don't have to go looking for love in all the wrong places, as the song <laughs> says. We can look to him as our source even in that. He's the lover of our souls. And we've been called to be winners. We've been called to be overcomers in this life. So we get our game face on. And we face each and every day with that game face. So Jessica, 
I think the most important thing we need to do is your point, number one. So what is it? Number one, rejoice in the Lord always. How often? Always. Always. How <laughs> often are we supposed to rejoice in the Lord? Always. 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 So Philippians 4, 4 through 7, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So like you said, always, I like that because it means even when in the natural you don't feel like it. Right. Because, <laughs> I mean, it's going to happen. There's going to be moments you don't want to. But, right. but have the there, Bible have, says Have always. there been any moments in the past 18 months that we really didn't want yeah. to have that have that joy of the Lord yes. always. Well, and that's why even just this week, you know, it's our first week back to school, and I don't know. I had some sleep-deprived nights, so just this week I had to sing the joy of the Lord is my strength. I was like, well, just singing break. <laughs> and, you know, um, you know, worship's always helpful, you mm -hmm. know, because if you don't have the right words to say or you don't have your phone or your yeah. Bible right there, you know, you know worship songs. So you can stop and do that. Or here's some chocolate, too, you know, if you need whatever. Whatever helps, worship worship and chocolate. I, I do both. <laughs> have my little stash. It's not, like, hidden, but, you know, how guys are. If it's not in front of them, they don't see it. So it's in the pantry, but it's mine. So... <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, we just can't let those negative feelings take over, right. you know, like fear, worry, anxiety, even just crabbiness. Like, I can't just go the whole day being crabby because then I'll have everyone else in my house crabby. And then we'll just all be crabby together and that won't be fun. So yeah. I have to choose to rejoice always mm -hmm. so that everyone else in my house, everyone around me will see that and hopefully mirror it and it'll rub off on them. But and uh, but if we let worry, anxiety, and all that, you can't have the peace of God and have worry. It's yeah. one or the other. Mm -hmm. So if you want the peace of God, then you gotta get rid of the worry, the fear, the anxiety. Right. And if you're rejoicing, how can you stay worried or anxious while you're rejoicing? Right. Right. So right. And it's the opposite of what the world teaches. They're like, oh, feel those emotions. You know, like. Yeah. Stay in it. And I'm like, no, that would be worse. I would yes. keep going deeper into yes. crankiness. It would not be good. So, you know, exactly. sometimes you just want to slap people. But, you know, <laughs> or you could just say, why don't you praise the Lord? You know, like. Uh, or even, you know, we have to be mindful of our kids. And, you know, the words that we say, it becomes their voice, too. Right. And Emma this week, really anxious before starting at a new school mm -hmm. and just had a really hard time last week after we visited the new school. She just said, I really miss my old school. And mm. that got me right here. And I just, I mean, I had to be very careful not to pass on, you know, any of my concerns for her, but then also encourage her, yeah. you know, it was going to be a great day. And when she went in and saw the class and got comfortable, it was going to be okay, but we talked through it. But yeah, not to let our, ourselves be anxious, but then also teach our kids how not to be anxious mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. yeah. Songs, scriptures, encouragement, you know, and how we talk to each other and how we talk to them. Right. Encourage each other. It was cute. Samuel, he's uh, just turned six and he had 
um, homework for kindergarten, one sheet of cursive eyes. And it was funny, like, just right away I go, wow, you're really good at cursive eyes, so it'll be easy for you. And I thought, well, I mean, he is, but I thought, you know, sometimes we just need that extra encouragement, like, mm-hmm. yep, you can do it, you know. And he was excited for homework because he's wanted homework because of his older <laughs> sisters. I don't know. I'm like, don't worry, it's coming. But <laughs> yes, all the homework I'll, you I'll can record love. this and I'll show you that in a few years. Yes. He's wanted homework. But yeah, just that extra encouragement. But And then um, we've also got to choose to not let things rob our peace. Yes. Because that is a goal of the devil, is to rob our peace. Yes. Because yes. if you take our peace, I mean, everything is just going to fall apart. Yeah. And um, for me, my barometer is I don't let things rob me of my sleep. And I always tease that only my well, children can only secret. my children can rob my sleep. <laughs> well, and that's what I mean. I sleep good if, if if there's not a crying child. I sleep really well. But but so that's what I always say. I'm like people might think they can say whatever and mm-hmm. it's going to disturb my sleep, mm-hmm. but nothing is except for my children. That's so, wonderful. Well, and um, you know, lately Derek got on to me um, a couple nights I wasn't sleeping. He's like, you know why you're not sleeping? You're reading the news. He goes, oh, can you go to sleep if you're reading the news? And it was true. I yes. mean, I would lay there in bed and think, oh, it's so quiet. This is wonderful. But he would work late or he'd be finishing a project, and I would just lay there and read the news, and then I'd tell him, did you know this and this and this? And he goes, did you just read all the headlines? Yes. And did you know in this state they're doing this? And he said, that's why you're up between two and four, rolling, tossing, walking around the house, you know, cleaning things. He's like coming out in the kitchen going, why are you doing dishes? I'm like, because I can't sleep. You, he's like, you have to quiet your mind and find your peace again. But don't read the news. Sometimes don't read the news. Don't scroll through social media. You yes. know, whatever your mind is busy about. You know, as women, we're always thinking of the next thing, the next school day, the lunch making, the laundry. It's hard to turn off our brains as it is. But mm-hmm. when we consume ourselves with the world mm-hmm. and news and negativity, it's hard to stay in the joy of the Lord. Well, even just like... Um Practically, there's there's um, studies about blue lights before bed. So I mean, there's I mean, <laughs> even just your phone, no matter mm-hmm. what it is, you know, you want to have that peace before bed, right? Right. And so, well, and if we're gonna really, if we're gonna read anything uh, before we go to sleep, it should just be the Word of God, because really, if we read about the mess going on out there in the world right now, of course we're going to be disturbed. Of course our sleep will be disturbed. Of course it will be hard for our mind to be at peace and to shut off. So the la- if we're going to read, it should be the Word of God mm-hmm. before we go to sleep. And let me say something about, since we're on this, because I'm assuming now, um, unless you're opening the Bible or a book to read at night um, or before you go to bed, we need to be really careful about social media right now. Um, more than ever before because all of this stuff and more is on the internet and um, I want you moms to be really cautious about um, letting your children be unsupervised and with with a cell phone with a computer Um, and really frankly if they're not adults they really don't need a cell phone if they're not driving a car they don't need a cell phone now don't get all puckered up and mean looking at me. But. Or they need a place 
uh, when they come home from school, they charge it on the kitchen counter right. and they cannot take it to their room right. if they have one for when they're driving. Great or, advice. Um, pickups or great things. advice because you know we want to think you know they'll only do what we say with with the uh, technology but hey kids are curious and then it's it's not just what they might say or do um, but it's what other kids might say or do on their technology to your child well, so and studies more studies are linking that to earlier signs of depression in young children yeah. and it's just it's amazing how the brain uh still developing until kids are 21 and 22 even though they don't like to have that but I teach in my development class that the brain doesn't stop until you reach the age of 22, really. Right. Yes. And so their, their brains are trying to understand different topics and things. I mean, yeah. you know, the most we had to deal with growing up was like magazines and things. Yes. And, you know, thinking, oh, to look like her, to have her hair. But now it's topics and videos and all kinds all of things kinds they can see things. that they're just not ready for. Right. And then, too, to keep our kids... Um, you know, in a place that they're um, not getting right. things that are that they shouldn't see or shouldn't watch or shouldn't get hooked on. Right, because you want you want your whole household, your family, your children, yourself, to have this rejoicing in the Lord always and to not be anxious about anything. So we just have to be really careful ourselves. So if I have to be careful as, as an adult, what I let, I take in through my eyes. Um, how much more do young people or children need to be careful? Because, you know, what's going on in the world right now is, is really wicked. And there's so much wickedness and so much discouragement that comes as a result of knowing what's going on in the world. And the world has shrunk. It's gotten small now because of technology. And so it's like, you know, you can, like, know within just minutes, almost every bad thing that's posted worldwide, you can know about it. And it's, it's just overload of, of too much negative information. And it can make them anxious, you know, yes. and then lose their focus on just being kids. I mean, yes. kids should be able to be kids. They should go to school. They should be able to play the sports, make friends, have normal relationships. Be happy. And, you know, not yes. be introduced to what you know, Satan wants them to be introduced to. Exactly. And I, I'm going to step out here, too, and just get a little more forceful because here's the thing. I want to be perfectly honest. You know, pastoring a church for decades, having a private Christian school for decades, but all the children that have come through, not just hundreds now, but thousands through our private Christian school and that, but over the decades, and I could probably count them all on two hands, so it's not been that many, but students that have not been able to stay in the school was through involvement with wrong relationships via technology, via technology. So, you know, what a crying shame, you know, moms, because you you bring them to church, you put them in a private Christian school, you have them in your home, but then it's like they have this other life that you don't know about until something bad happens or, you know, is made known to you. And then, but then it's like there's consequences, there's repercussions. And so 
especially now, I think we want our, our, our daughters and our sons, our children, to have as much a normal childhood and growing up and youth as possible um, every day. And so uh, I just, you know, I plead with you. You know, if you know your children are in a safe place uh, when they're not with you, they don't need to be wired up all the time. You know, they're not doctors on call. Uh, they don't need to be looking at their phone all the time. I just, I just think it's, it's really a negative. And I've, I've not seen anything good come out of that. So there's my grandma advice for the day. But, uh, you know, because we're not to be anxious about anything. Let's go back to your point. Right. And then another way we get there is by praying. Right. Praying. And so, you know, to end each day with prayer, to begin each day with prayer, you know, we, we start the day with the Lord and then we end the day with the Lord. Yes. It's so important because right away, if I can cast my cares on him in prayer, then I don't need to carry them. Well, yeah, and that's what um, I was going to say with the anxiety and all that, what's robbing us of our peace, like depending on the situation, sometimes we need to step back from something or um, cut off ties with something. I don't know, but, you know, depending on that, it you'll know with prayer and the Holy Spirit what to do. So you have to pray about it, and you have to be quiet to hear the Holy Spirit on what yeah. to do to have that peace. Yes, so. yes, to hear his still, small voice. So it's so important that we have that time in prayer and petition, and then, you know, with the rejoicing always, with the prayer, with the petitions that we make unto God, you know, letting him know what, our, what we need and what, what we're trying to accomplish then we'll have this peace of God. And what about this peace of God? Peace of God is not something that should be rare in our lives. Really, we need to have the peace of God in us and upon us every day and to walk in it. And right, that's what sets us apart. It sets us apart. The world is chaos. The world no, is and chaos. And it's not even just since March 2020. It's always been that way. So yes. that's why that's part of our light is our peace. Yes, because when you're in the grocery store, you can tell who does not have peace. And you're like, yeah. you know, trying to move your cart away. Or you're like, I'm not going to that cashier. You know, so that peace sets us apart. Yes. Yes, that peace. And, you know, I love the word of God. It's so poetic in some regard and some verses. And it says the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. So even when my mind could be like concerned I have this peace of God and that I walk in, that you walk in. So we have this peace of God and we just carry it with us through the day and through whatever it is we're doing, whatever it is we're dealing with, whomever we're speaking to about whatever. The peace of God, it says that transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So let's not fall into the trap of worldly uh, phrases like, you know, um, I'm so worried I could lose my mind or well, I can't think of any others right now, but they're and out there. I don't there. say them, so I don't know. I don't even yeah. say the word worried. Yeah. So, I'm so like, I don't know you are, know, uh, just, just, you know, let that peace of God be upon us. And so that's the most important thing. We have our game face on, you know, we're running this race of life, but we're going to do it with rejoicing. 
with no worry or anxiety and with the peace of God. And then we've got to dress for it. How do we dress for the race, Christina? Uh, let's go to Ephesians uh, chapter 6 and verse 10. Uh, we, uh, it says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of his dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. And we dress for that race, putting on the full armor of God and by continuing to pray. And, you know, it's true. You have to be alert and continue to pray and not just pray for ourselves and our families, but, I mean, for all the saints all around the world, for all of us now going through all these critical times in our history. And, you know, just to be ready, to be ready for whatever your kids are facing throughout their day, to be ready for the people you encounter in your daily work and the places you go, to be a witness to others, to keep that peace. Um, even when we're, we're flustered or, you know, we, we uh, come across a situation that we're not prepared for, but uh, to put on that full armor of God so that, like you said, we start our day in prayer, we end our day in prayer, but then also that same time we're teaching our kids we start the day in prayer, and we go to bed with prayer. And something that I taught Emma when she started saying her prayers was I always tell her, we start by thanking God for our day, no matter how bad it was. We thank God for that day. We thank God for something in that day that was positive and something that we're going to learn and work on better tomorrow. You know, and I always take something personal from my day and say, thank you, Father God, for today. Thank you that this happened today. Thank you, Father God, that tomorrow this is something that I'm going to work on. Thank you for your peace. You know, thank you. Um, but it teaches our kids uh, what to focus on and then something to, you know, also that they go to bed with peace. Absolutely. And I, I love how the word gets right to the nitty gritty of what we need to be doing because he says, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Mm -hmm. Right now, it's, I think for me, it's been so easy to focus on people and uh, politicians and, and things going on in the world that it's really easy to want to get angry about this or angry about that. But I have to remind myself what the word says, and that is that our struggle is not against flesh and blood. There's wickedness in high places, and there's warring going on in the heavenlies. And so I, I need to get my focus off people 
and I get my focus on the Lord, and then in my prayer, I just, I just speak against evil and wickedness that wants to attack or come against us or come against the church or come against our family or our home or the work that we're doing. And so that's what our focus needs to be, he says, because he says you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Mm -hmm. So we can take our stand. And we do that in prayer. And we do that by pulling down strongholds in prayer. We don't do it by getting all worked up about this, uh, you know, uh, president or that prime minister or this politician or what's happening. I mean, because that's kind of futile, isn't it? It changes every day. It changes every day. And so, but nothing is futile about prayer and nothing is futile about pulling down strongholds in prayer and praying in the spirit. It's so important. He says, notice he says in verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. So we we get dressed for battle and the battle is in prayer. It's on our knees. Yeah, and we make sure that our, our kids are ready for the day that they're going to encounter, you know, reminding them who they are in Christ, that yeah. they are more than conquerors yeah. and that they, you know, that they have a purpose in this world mm-hmm. and that they are loved and they are children of God and reminding them all of these important things to stand firm with the belt of truth you know and to not in these times get so distracted by all the craziness but then to as women and moms you know our place is to build up that next generation exactly and that they leave every day encouraged and ready for their day that's wonderful and isn't it isn't it um a matter of reaping and sowing because when i'm encouraging you I get encouraged. We get encouraged by the words that come out of our mouths. So when we encourage each other, when we encourage our spouse or our children or our students in our class, whomever, we get encouraged because we're saying the same words to ourselves that we're saying to others. Mm -hmm. And so it's so important. And then to have this sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Mm -hmm. And so our focus, again, being on God and his word, knowing what the word says, starting each day with the word, ending each day with the word and in prayer. That's what gives us the victory. And that's what outfits us for running the race and being victorious. So girls, we've got to have our game face on. We've got to be rejoicing. We've got to be dressed for battle. We've got to do battle in the spirit and on our knees in prayer sometimes. Uh, it's it's critical, but that's where the victory is, and that's where the war is won. I love how we can pray in the spirit when maybe we don't even know how to pray for something or someone or a situation, but we can pray in the spirit, and then God meets us there, and he does marvelous things when we pray, marvelous things. I like the, the visual of this verse, like to you know, because on the natural, all you see is this mom, like 35-year-old mom of five. But in the spiritual, yeah. I have the full gear. Mm-hmm. I am ready for war. I got my game face on. Do not mess with me. Yeah. But I'll wave and I'll, I'll smile at you. But on the spiritual side, it is like devil back off. I am not playing. This is my, I'm in control. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I like how 
it's poetic, but I mean, it's true. The shield of faith, all of that. I have that armor on and mm-hmm. I'm ready. Yes. And I've got the peace, but I'm ready. <laughs> yes, yes. So they may, they may see just some nice lady at the grocery store, but they have no idea. Yeah. You're a warrior and you got your game face on. So devil, watch out. Have you ever had a moment or an occurrence or a situation? I can look back over the years and see where, well, the devil, he, he did not know. He thought he was messing with a nice mom coming out of the grocery store, but he did not know that I was dressed for a battle. So we have our game faces on, ladies. So as we conclude, I want to talk about uh, our passage in Hebrews 12. We're going to end with Hebrews 12. And because it's so important, I think, for us to uh, know right now what he's, Hebrews 12 would say to us. I want to read the whole chapter. It's not that long, uh, 20-some verses. And so I'm going to do that. We'll talk about it a few moments as we wrap this up. And so our conclusion is we run our race. We run our race. Nobody can run my race for me. Nobody can run your race for you. We have to all run our own race. Hebrews chapter 12, beginning in verse 1, says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Who are we to fix our eyes on? Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. Can you say amen with me? And you have forgotten that word of encouragement that addresses you as sons. My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you because the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes everyone he accepts as a son. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as sons. Now, when we're experiencing, going through hard patches or a hard situation or a hard occurrence or a hard time, we don't want to uh, really... Uh, understand that uh, it's a thing that God will use as a way to bless us because when we go through something hard, ladies, it just, it just helps us toughen up in our, in our stance. It helps us toughen up in the game, and it just helps us uh, run the race more seriously. He says, endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as sons. For what son is not disciplined by his father? If you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are illegitimate children and not true sons. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. How much more should we have submit to the father of our spirits and live? Our fathers disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level paths for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. Make every effort. How much effort? Every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. 
I think we all had opportunities in 2020 maybe to not respond too nicely to people that maybe didn't speak so nicely to us uh, because of all the craziness out there. But notice what he says here. Make every effort to live in peace with all men, not just the men and women you like, with all men and to be holy without holiness no one will see the lord see to it that no one misses the grace of god and no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many see that no one is sexually immoral or as godless like esau who for a single meal sold his inheritance rights as the oldest son afterward as you know when he wanted to inherit the blessing he was rejected he could bring about no change of mind though he sought the blessing with tears you have come what have we come to well this is where we are i believe you have come not come to a mountain that can be touched and that is burning with fire to darkness gloom and storm to a trumpet blast or to such a voice speaking words that those who heard it begged that no further word be spoken to them because they could not bear what was commanded if even an animal touches the mountain it must be stoned the sight was so terrifying that moses said i am trembling with fear but you have come to mount zion to the heavenly jerusalem the city of the living god you have come to thousands and thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly to the church of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven you have come to god the judge of all men to the spirits of righteous men made perfect to jesus the mediator of a new covenant and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. If they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, how much less will we if we turn away from him who now warns us from heaven? At that time, his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is, created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. So we see a shaking going on, ladies. There's a shaking all over the world. There's a sifting and there's a shaking, but we're not to fear it because what can be shaken will be shaken and what cannot be shaken will not be shaken out. And how many of you will say with me, Pastor Sue, I'm not going to be shaken. We're not shaken out. We've got our game faces on. We're serious about God and his word and the things of God. We're serious about worshiping him. We're serious about living our lives for him wholeheartedly. We're serious if we have family and children in the home to speak the word, to be encouraging one another in the Lord, to have the rejoicing and the joy of the Lord in our hearts every day, to not let the devil have a foothold, not let the devil have a foothold. You know, there's so much 
that uh, could trip us up. But you know, I've learned this, it's the little things. It's, it's just the little things every day, just deciding I'm gonna live for him, I'm gonna love him, I'm gonna love his word, I'm gonna love the children of God and the people of God, and I'm gonna even love with the love of God the people God puts across my path. They may not know him, they may not love him, they may not want him, but when God brings them across my path, he wants them to know about his love, and that's why he does it. So we speak the words of God, the words of his love to people. We minister to one another. We're willing to be used of God to share his good news. And we're not afraid. And we're full of faith. And we're full of the joy of the Lord. And we're full of his energy and vitality. Last night, I, I told my husband, we came up here. There was a Thursday night uh, football game and uh, Thursday night, gosh. And all these kids, you know, not just the players on the field and the cheerleaders, but all of these other little kids running around with all this stamina and energy. And I thought, oh, my gosh, if I could have that in a vitamin, I need that. And it's like, it's like their day just started. It's 8 o'clock at night. They've been going strong since like 7 a.m. at least, if not earlier, and they were running around like it was, they just had breakfast. And it was the start of the day. And they, they, could, they could just keep running. Well, that's, you know, how we need to be in our hearts and our spirits and in our attitude. That, you know, I love what Jesus said, you know, when he was ministering to the woman at the well. And the, he sent, had sent the disciples to get something to eat, to get food. And they come back and, you know, he, they say, well, we have food. And he says, you know, I'm not hungry. I, I have food that you know not of, meat that you know not of. And they're like, what is he talking about? How, how can he not be hungry now? He sent us for food. Now he doesn't want to eat. What's he Because he was ministering to this woman who didn't know him, didn't know Father God. And he was ministering to her. And so he got, he got strengthened. He got encouraged. He got built up. And he got strong in the Lord. And, and so he wasn't, he wasn't feeling tired or weak anymore or and needing, needing sustenance or any kind of nourishment or food. And so that's what we need to see that maybe sometimes we, if we feel like we're getting a little run down or something, we just need to find somebody to encourage in the Lord and just be willing to be used of God and to be blessed of God. Well, girls, how many of you would say, I've got my game face on? I got, let's say it together. Say, I got my game face on. So we're, we're victorious. We're going to run this race with the victory of God in our hearts. We're going to pray in the spirit. We're going to be dressed for battle each and every day. People may just not see that, but it doesn't matter what they see on the outward because we know what God has got us dressed for on the inward, and that's where it counts. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us, and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again, and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, 
call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.